Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello there again. This is the big interview at the Euros. It is late, late, late on Thursday, 17th of June. Captain's log started 17th of June, 2021. And we're at the end of what's been, a, for my taste, a very interesting day. But the main thing we're going to try and do now is bring our attention towards Spain, Poland, which is going to take place in La Cartuja in Seville again the same venue as the opening group game, which was the scoreless draw against Sweden, which has caused such a furore here in, in Spain. But before we do, I have to say, the Euro is brilliant. <laughs> um, for a Scot who saw his team on television being beaten in a, in, a, in a hugely frustrating, not humiliating, but hugely frustrating way because there was very little wrong with the way that Scotland played. It certainly could have been better in aspects, but to start with a defeat, to be defeated at home for those two, particularly those two goals, which I find the the first one much more galling than than Schick's second one, because the overlapping one needs to have been blocked. If it's blocked or at least harassed, then the cross isn't perfect, and then he doesn't score ifs and buts. Yeah, Scotland, supporting Scotland is all ifs and buts. But for a Scot who watched... The national team beaten at home by the Czech Republic, a team that we defeated in, I think, four out of the last six matches. And for a Scott who's following Spain and watched them conjure up inventive, crazy new ways to, to fail to tuck away really good chances, I probably shouldn't be that enthused. But for my taste, if that was round one, then flip an egg. France, Germany, as much as it was disappointing to watch France sit in deep, and deliberately not try to play high and tear apart Germany. We still saw, I thought, a pretty titanic battle. I thought that it was it was full of one slightly a sad sight. Germany giving everything at full tilt and not having a cutting edge, not having teeth. They're right now not a great side. If you take the last ten competitive matches, they've only won four of them and. One of those was against Romania, one of those was against Iceland. No disrespect to those two nations, but you kind of expect Germany to beat them. They have had draws against Switzerland, they've had uh, a draw against Spain, they've been defeated 6-0 by Spain, they've been beaten 2-1 by North Macedonia, and now beaten by France in Munich. Yet they threw everything at France, and I thought it was a fabulous game. And it was interesting today to hear when Spain's Pablo Sarabia was asked, look, which is the game that, first of all, he's asked, are you watching? And he said, yeah, I'm watching everything. Secondly, which game stands out for you? And for him too, it was that game. I'm not certain that that's my standout game, but it's on my list. And I thought it was huge. Dynamic, daring, and but for, and not blaming VAR because I think VAR did its job well, but but for 
half a knee or half a nose or an ear in the offside decisions, not only did France win handsomely, but some of the disallowed goals were beautiful. I thought really beautiful. And then Italy, let's be honest about Italy, as devastating as they were in their first win, the 3-0 win against Turkey, where they didn't give the Turks a sniff and made them sit in deep, exactly what Yomaz didn't need as a striker. They superseded all of that, not only with the quality of performance, because Switzerland looked much more athletic, much more in form in their first game, and Italy just went, we're going to treat you like Turkey. We're going to make you unable to get out of your own first third. We're going to make you look slow. We're going to make you make mistakes. And, and they did. And that was impressive enough as was their ingenuity in finding spaces. The, the general air of um, bon viveur and dash and daring about Mancini's team. And a lot of people have talked about it by now, so I, by no means do I think I'm, I'm telling you something you don't know. But from long before the ball went in the net for Locatelli's opener, just after Chiellini's disallowed goal and he, and he went off injured, the instant I saw that, pass off his left foot where it drops to him and he volleys it to the right. That type of vision, that degree of control and to put the ball right into the path of his, his overlapping teammate down the right, that was absolutely beautiful. Berardi's then, you're finding Locatelli. Locatelli is, 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 is not an Olympic sprinter. He's not slow, but the, the key thing watching it, particularly when you've got the aerial angle, is like Locatelli goes, I know what's going to happen here. I'm not running up to support. I'm running up because I know I can get there for the one-two. And the fact that he does and that the cross is so perfect, it, it was a glorious, gorgeous goal. And there was fizz about Italy. Real, real fizz. And for the second game in a row, never having won by three in a European Championship, they've now done it twice in a row. And the second time in a row, when they were 2-0 up with a game tucked away, they went for the third. Hallelujah. Well done, Mancini. So then you start to top that by looking at, for example, that Denmark-Belgium game, which was glorious because there can't be a decent, you know, fully alive soul who doesn't feel brutally sad for Ericsson, yeah, but the rest of the team too. Just imagine if you were one of his teammates, one of the staff, and you're affected by seeing somebody that you, you care for in a state of what the doctor said was, was death for a little while. And then you have to go and play and you lose to Finland, Schmeichel throws it in, you come out and you score. And it's a brilliant goal. The crowd are high, the stadium's, if not full, it's nearly full. The atmosphere's devastating. And Belgium, with the mighty big interview guest, Sean Maloney, sitting on the bench behind uh, Martinez. Belgium take the blow to the chin like a proper heavyweight should. They don't step back. They're not scared. They do look as if they have to work double time for the rest of the first half. No question about that. And Denmark play well. But um, Belgium stay in it. By the time De Bruyne comes on, you're like, brilliant. This is the Belgium that we wanted to see, that we wanted to see tested. Not strolling to the title, but when they're well organised, I think they're FIFA ranked number one for the last three years. De Bruyne comes on, we should eventually see Eden Hazard much sooner than we did in the first game. And the goals they score, they're just sensational. The quality... And, and I'm using this first before we talk about Spain because Spain have definitely got the finishing to convert the quality of performance we saw against Sweden into victories. Of that, I'm absolutely sure. What I'm left unsure about, genuinely, is whether they've got the athleticism, the speed of passing, 
the regular finishing that we've now seen twice from Belgium and Italy. And it's easy to go from the, the magnifying glass to the microscope. And just pick on, for example, the two sensational Belgium goals against Denmark. They've, they've taken this blow to the chin, like I say, and they, they haven't stuttered. They, they have, they've had to work so hard. But look at Lukaku's touch in the first goal. I think he's occupied probably by Kiar, but Lukaku is a guy who I hugely remember him breaking through into the Anderlecht team at 16 and 17 and the whole of Europe at a time when internet coverage wasn't quite so wide, when you know blanket coverage of, of every kick of every game in every league around the world wasn't brought to you instantly. And there was a bit of a sensation about this kid who, like Rooney did in his day, already played like a man at 16. Already looked as if his mentality was top, top level. Yet here we are now, more than 10 years later, and I would question whether the football world has, has fallen in love with the latter version of Lukaku, uh, uh, whether people have become as passionate about him as it threatened that they would. So his stats are extraordinary. I think that's the right word. His value has gone up. He's in demand. He's, as we speak, champion of Italy. Great. But one of the things that's often said about him is that maybe his, his bullishness is the number one thing. But his touch in the build-up to the equalising goal, where he understands exactly about the balance of his rile, about where space is. I think he uses his left foot, left foot to nudge the ball into space into a place where he's got more time and more room. And then De Bruyne arrives. I felt a bit of synchronicity because during this morning, in, in talking to Pablo Sarabia of once of Madrid, Getafe, Sevilla, now Paris Saint-Germain, I'd been asking him about the Spanish football word, pausa. And because pausa can be translated literally as pause, a lot of people think that it means, if you've got pausa in football, it just means you take a pause before you do something in order to try and double check you're doing the right thing. No, it's not that. Pausa is that art of no matter how speeded up all the action around you is, how hectic things are, how fast your opponents are running, how high they're jumping, how, how torrid everything is around you. You just seem to have a Zen brain whereby you see things differently. You make it look as if things around you are moving more slowly, when actually your brain is moving double fast. And to back up his explanation, Sarabia went for Messi and he said he seems to see things at a different pace to everybody else, which is a beautiful expression and he's not the first to say that about Messi, but there are many players who had it. Iniesta definitely had this pausa. And, and it's the idea that when things are able to be seen more quickly and, and your technique allows you to to try things over the piece you will more often make the right decisions in situations where you say look he didn't know he had an, as much time as that or that was the wrong decision or why didn't he see that all these things pausa is the antidote to that and i wonder i think in fact that that's all Spain really lacked against Sweden. Not somebody putting their th foot through the ball, not even having just a world-class finisher like David Villa. That pausa, that moment of, oh, it looks like there's a chance here. Look, they've done the right thing. That was a brilliant turn, a faint stop. That was so smart to put the ball to the keeper's right noise, etc. That's pausa. Well, 
De Bruyne give a masterclass in that for the first goal at least. When he arrives running onto the pass, into the box, this is a guy who's been out since the Champions League final. He was knocked groggy, whether he had concussion or not, I don't know. But his little dink of the ball to an idiot like me looked as if maybe he'd missed a chance to strike it or maybe to push it and, and run and cross with his right foot. No, 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 no. He puts two defenders, one of which is Danny Vass, on their butt, on their butts. And as they're sprawling there, the ball from his right foot over to the left is not aimed at Carrasco, who De Bruyne patently knows is offside. He's seen or sensed Torgan Hazard running from what should have been outside his peripheral vision. I, I, I would say that Hazard Jr. shouldn't have been in a place where De Bruyne could see him. It's just, it was a masterful goal, an unbelievable goal. And I think that there's something similar in terms of the quality of adjective to be said about the 2-1 goal. Because Lukaku's got a nice role in that too. But when the layoff from Torgan Hazard to his big brother, it's just exquisite. I don't know if it's equivalent to a nice cannon shot in billiards. But he's moving one way. He uses the instep of his boot to cushion it into his brother's path. And then Eden Hazard's pass to De Bruyne is relatively simple. It's weighted perfectly, so it's actually gorgeous. But for a man of his talent, that's within his range. But De Bruyne, I think it'll be underestimated how, how wonderful a goal that is, how wonderful a finish it is. And I feel sorry for Kasper Schmeichel because ever since winning the Cup, it's been, it's been tough times for him. For a competitor like him not to be playing Champions League football when Leicester really probably should have been, the way in which they just slightly faded away and missed out by millimetres on a top four position. He's then, he then does something special that, that matters more than three points, that matters more than qualifying from the group because the way in which he handles an absolute life crisis situation when Ericsson goes down in terms of galvanising other people into action, in terms of making sure that the players form a little um, barricade around Ericsson, in terms of looking for Ericsson's nearest and dearest. That just was fantastic. But there's equally no getting away from the fact that that, that distracted him, I think, because the goal he lets in against Finland is, is completely atypical. It cost him that defeat um, in a situation where clearly they're upset to have to keep playing. To, to have that trauma in your life and still to be expected to play as a top-class goalkeeper, I think is horrendously difficult for him. And... In the De Bruyne goal, he's in the right position. And I'll admit to you that Schmeichel doesn't start moving left and then had to go right. But I think he thinks it's a diagonal shot. I think he's waiting and I think he believes his, his balance is flat on his feet because I think he believes that De Bruyne is going to go to Schmeichel's left. And that millisecond of, of processing, of waiting means that when De Bruyne strikes it, it goes in at Schmeichel's right-hand post and it isn't going to look great because of it. It's not his fault. And it's only when you see the aerial shot, because when you see De Bruyne finishing from the normal angles, it kind of looks, yeah, that's a good strike, that's fine. When you see it from the aerial angle, it's absolutely sensational. And therefore, I, I'm, I'm talking about this, and I'm talking about Italy. Locatelli, just gargantuan in the way that he finishes, makes and finishes his first goal. And there are other matches. There were things in the England game, I have to say, 
there were things about Scotland's performance too. I'm entranced by the way that this Euro is developing and it's made me think really hard about what, what, have, what are we going to see from Spain? Have they, once they hit ramming speed, have they got what we've seen from Italy and what we've seen from Belgium and what we know still lies in store from France? Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And the answer is, well, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe. And the way I think that they'll begin to answer those questions is, is by winning against Poland. One of the reasons that I think they'll do that is that, my opinion is, Gerard Moreno simply has to play. I said that before the first game. It didn't happen. I think it was, you know, a sizable mistake. But I think that the, they were dealing with a coach in Luis Enrique who can recognise a mistake and, and adapt. He's somebody who does like to rotate a team anyway. And therefore the question turns to poor old Alvaro Morata. Is Luis Enrique going to again be a coach that says the glass is half full and with chances like this, the goals are definitely coming? There are so many coaches who would say, I'm not taking a risk in him anymore. This is my tournament. This is my future. He said two matches. Okay, one of them are friendly. Where certainly minimum he should have scored twice hasn't and it's begun to look as if maybe there's just a slight complex in his brain about the misses and that he's now dragging shots and that he's not at his most fluent only training will tell you that and we get intermittently it looks at training and therefore it's a guess but I think that Morata probably starts with Moreno I would imagine that there might be a change at fullback and I'd love to see Llorente played in right midfield with his overlapping power his ability to arrive in, on the edge of the box and score goals Locatelli Llorente and Locatelli have things in common so I'd love to see him played further forward with Aspilicueta in at right back it, 
Poland ostensibly play 3-5-2. And it might be that Luis Enrique, who played 3-5-2 at Barcelona, says, we'll match them. We'll match them. We'll put Azpilicueta in at right centre-back. That means we've finally got a right-footer um, in, in the, in the centre-half area with Laporte and Pau Torres. You get wing-backs. Now is a wing-back and he's pushing further forward. They match Poland shape for shape. I, I don't know if he'll do that. It, it's not his predominant structure, which is 4-3-3. But I believe that Moreno and Morata can complement each other brilliantly. And Moreno is such an unselfish player, there's a good old chance that he'll set Morata up for the goal that unblocks him mentally and gets him going. As for Poland, my opinion is that it's a blow for them that Krikowiak was sent off. I've been a fan of him for a long time, particularly at Sevilla. But I think he's an excellent footballer. And where he was playing was in front of Kamil um, Glick. And Glick has been a player of extremely high quality, but at 33 in the searing heat against a good and nimble Spain attack, I think he would have benefited from Krakowiak as his defence protection. The red card means that he's going to be banned for this game, and I think that's hugely to Spain's advantage. Will Chesney be regarded as having made a big mistake. No, I think he's in the David Marshall category. Marsh was was high up the pitch because sweeper-keepers have got to be so chic, produce something that you'll see once in a hundred. Was it a mistake? I understand Stevie Clark saying, leave him alone. Well, Chesney's the same because when he makes that that huge dive to try and, and, and prevent the shot going in, if you miss the, the ball by half an inch and it rebounds off the post, if you've done a really enthusiastic full dive, there's a big chance it's going to rebound in off your elbow, your head, or your back, and it did. So it counts as an own goal. Keepers hate that. He's a, a keeper of, of quality, but he'll have to do something to live up to uh, Robin Olsen's performance for Sweden. And I, I think I can see him being uh, beaten. I have a little sneaking feeling that Laporte against Glick at set plays maybe brings the former athletic current City player a goal let's see that's just a hunch it's an instinct there are decent players left in the Poland side I wonder if Linetti moves into Krakowiak's position in the middle of midfield let's wait and see we know the quality of Klik at Leeds he dropped into the midfield and left Lewandowski up front on his own and is it beyond the imagination that Poland start well Lewandowski scores and suddenly Spain for all the nice players all the nice chat are staring down the barrel of one point no goals in their first game and one nil down to Lewandowski in, on, a, on, a, on a sticky pitch in Seville yeah it's feasible and then let's see what their nerve is like let's see what their attitude is like it's going to be testing um, I'm going to enjoy being down there I still see Spain doing this but the bigger question is the one that I was trying to get to earlier on. Is it going to be a campaign where, like in many tournaments, an unfancied side finds a lucky goal, grows in confidence, gets momentum, as other, other sides who've started better looking good tire? I don't know. It's not my anticipation right at the moment, I have to admit. But I am looking forward to the game. And any chance to see Lewandowski in the flesh is one to be taken. So that's probably the way I would go. Theron Torres is a big favourite of mine. He didn't quite look right, I didn't think, the other night. He certainly didn't get given the ball sufficiently, whereas Olmo did look on form, terrifically so. After a month of not playing competitive football, I actually think Olmo's performance was one that went under the radar. Look, 
when we get down to Seville, there'll be a lot more to talk about in terms of, of this game. I'm not sure there's anything particular that I've missed that I could bring to you apart from the utterly bloody, torrential rain yesterday. It's still grim and damp right now, and Sarabia today said, brilliant. <laughs> we love training in this instead of 35 degrees heat. It's sensational. It's, it's cooler. It helps us keep our energy. And when it rains, even at Las Rosas, they're talking about, never mind La Cartuja, the ball fizzes, absolutely fizzes. So, um, yesterday's torrential rain has abated. I think it's going to be slightly nicer tomorrow. But in Seville, the heat has continued. And the inquest into the pitch has continued. The Spanish FA, I think, now feel a little bit silly of having ceded control of the pitch to the local Andalusian FA, and they didn't do a good job. So, specialists have been brought in from the Madrid FA. They've been working on it, apparently, 24 hours a day in terms of, I think, trying to uh, grow it so that the sun can't do as much damage to the part where they want it razor cut by Saturday. So I think that it will be allowed to grow as much as possible. It'll be watered almost constantly and then they will begin to razor cut it and ultra water it within the rules. Let's see if it makes a difference. I know some of you will be shaking your heads and go, and I know I had this conversation late one night in a bar with Henry Winter after a Barca game, and Henry's one of the brightest football journalists around. And he just, he wouldn't buy it. Can't make that much difference. Don't believe it. Can't see it. Well, I was arguing Xavi and Iniesta's case against Henry, and look, I think Xavi and Iniesta have, have proved something over the years. So if you're shaking your head, if you're in the Henry Winter camp, then welcome to summer. Welcome to burned grass, slow grass, dry pitches and the type of conditions that Spain have railed against for the longest possible time. And now it only remains for me to say that thanks to our smart sponsors, Bet365, I've got the opportunity to reach for a man of the day again. The temptation to go back to Luka Modric, given that Croatia are kind of staring down the barrel. He was one of the standout players against England, and they have to beat the Czechs. And if they don't, and he doesn't perform, it leaves them as sitting ducks for Scotland anyway. We've talked about Modric before, so I'm going to ignore that opportunity, and I'm going to say that my Bet365 man of the day is going to be Jordan Pickford. Why, I hear you ask. Well, smashing keeper, got lots of good things going for him, but he... He lives in the Joe Hart category for me. You can really easily see all the good things, but you can also see where the errors come from. Quite impulsive, his moments when his concentration drops a little bit. And as much as he's been a boon, a boost to Gareth Southgate, he's lucky to have a manager who's so loyal. And in Southgate's defence, if, if you want to say that word, his loyalty to Raheem Sterling, who I think a lot of people thought probably could have been dropped he has not a great end to the season with City Southgate goes no I like his record I like him he plays he scores the winner against Croatia hero pat on the back coach that's where the big bucks go to over the piece and during certainly two seasons when people have repeatedly put forward the case for Henderson who's now invalided out of the tournament and increasingly I don't know Johnson and Pope whatever for Southgate you get the feeling that he's never had too many doubts that he could stick with Pickford. Your eye goes back to that um, error against Liverpool um, from Van Dijk's slice where Pickford kind of gives the goal away, much to the dismay of Everton fans everywhere. 
Andy Robertson, Liverpool man, won't have failed to notice that. I'm putting the focus on um, Pickford, not because I think that there's going to be a mistake, but for two reasons. One, is he going to join the long line of players who maybe are an England side and they're under criticism, they're not in the best form, and suddenly they wake up, the alarm clock goes, they go, it's Scotland today, and they produce a cracking performance, the buggers. Is he going to join that line? And has he got in his locker the type of saves that Vatslick made for the Czechs against Scotland at Hamden? Because given the disappointing nature of losing at home, particularly to a team that Scotland has beaten four times out of the last six, with crowds back, Hamden Park hosting a Euro group, all that kind of stuff, the immense disappointment, plus the manner of Schick's two goals, meant that I don't think there's been enough attention paid to or credit given to Vatslik and how brilliant he was, particularly, I mean, in numerous occasions. No wonder the expected goals for Scotland were so high, but the save were deflected off one of his defenders, the ball's going over his head, and, and utterly cat-like. He arches his back, he's backpedalling, and he still manages not only to get a hand on it, but pull it away from the goal. I thought that was exceptional. If Pickford produces a backslip performance, then you know, we'll all be sick as parrots. But I wonder if he does have that in him. And if Scotland can test Pickford as often as they tested the Sevilla and, and Czech goalkeeper, then maybe we get some purchase. Maybe we get some joy. Maybe we get some goals. Jordan, our eyes are on you, which is why you're our man of the day. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.